2020 was a year of isolation, devastation, injustice, and loss. Many believe that 2020 will go down in history as the worst year ever, filled with so much hate and division. However, today's guest argues that 2020 finally brought to light the deep issues we've needed to talk about. It was a year that sparked change. From being a redshirt to now serving as the first black captain of UNC women's field hockey team, listen to hear about our guest journey and how she continues to amplify black voices through sports today. Hi, welcome to this episode of Bench. This is your host, Jules Makia, and today we have our wonderful guest, Courtney Williamson from UNC Field Hockey. Thank you so much for joining us, Courtney. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, so just coming out from the start, um, I want to know how you were first introduced to field hockey and um, what made you want to pursue field hockey and then eventually come to UNC. Yeah, I started playing um, a little bit later than most. Um, I picked it up in middle school at my um, at my school only, and then in high school I actually started playing club. So I played for WC Eagles, which is the club that most of the people on my team played for. Um, almost all of us are from Pennsylvania, but I just love this sport. I loved how fast-paced it was, and... UNC had always been a dream school of mine for field hockey, so after I was invited to come down for a visit, I absolutely fell in love, and I knew I wanted to play here, so I committed pretty much right after my visit. Yeah, so um, I think there's a lot of similarities. I know we've talked about this before between um, the lack of access to field hockey like there is in rowing. There's some barriers. Um, Obviously, I think geography is even a barrier. Like down here, there's not a lot of field hockey what's the culture like up north and like what are the different barriers behind um, being a part of the sport yeah it's definitely more prominent up north Um, like I said almost everyone from my team's from up north Um, it's also just an expensive sport to get into sticks can get up to like four hundred dollars so just the equipment side of it is also expensive so that's one of the barriers Um, and then location of course down south it's um, not too big of a sport so I know we've always had a few Chapel Hill locals on the team but surprisingly it's few and far between so I think um, the game's spreading and I hope that it'll be more of a widespread sport in a few years but it's definitely predominantly in the northern part of the U.S. Yeah so moving next like kind of into your experience at UNC Um, You went from being a walk-on to captain. Can you walk me through, like, kind of your now five years here? Um, In case you didn't know, Courtney is currently studying um, in grad school, and she's pursuing an MBA. So if you want to give everyone a background of your journey there, I think it'd be helpful. Yeah, so like I said, I picked up the sport a little bit late. Um, Coach took a chance on me. I was just athletic, but I wasn't necessarily a field hockey player when I got here. So my freshman year, I redshirted and I wanted to get used to playing at this level and competing in practice with all of the amazing players that Carolina field hockey always has. Um, And I worked really hard. I spent every summer making sure I got better. And um, I just love the game. So I never really got tired of it. I put all of my effort into improving in field hockey and I guess it's taken me here now, so it's really exciting to be captain and to lead such amazing people. Um, and it's also just an honor, and it's exciting to look back on where I came from. So it's it's really nice to be able to talk to some of the freshmen and be like, listen, like you might not be playing this year, but look at me, I wasn't playing at all. So 
Um, it's nice for it to have been a journey and I learned a lot throughout the process and on my fifth year here. So now I'm Tar Heel through and through. (laughs) Along with that too, I think your story is even more interesting. You're the first black captain of the UNC women's field hockey team and you're playing a sport that's predominantly white. What has your experience been as a black athlete who is now, um, a captain of this team? Yeah, it's an absolute honor to be the first black captain. And for me, I see that as um, an opportunity for me to leave a mark on this program for especially future black and brown student athletes that will come through UNC field hockey. So I've really made it um, the forefront of my mission to speak up about equality, to use my platform for change, um, and to ultimately advocate for black field hockey players. It's not common, it's a predominantly white sport, but to educate um, white allies about it and to just speak about that openly. And then representation is just so important. So I just hope there are some little black and brown girls that, um, you know, see me playing field hockey and you're like, oh my gosh, like I could do that someday. So honestly, I hope to be um, an inspiration to some people that are like, oh, that's not really a sport for me, but Um, Right now, I just want to make the community better for when those little girls decide to play, that they feel welcomed, um, and that equality is already existing in um, all programs at the college level. Yeah. Um, What barriers do you think currently the sport has? I know, like, for example, rowing is a predominantly white sport. There's issues, like, regarding location, accessibility. I don't know which ones you think or which ones you know field hockey has, and if you want to expand on any of those. Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, it's a predominantly northern sport, so for southern girls, it might be more difficult to get into it. Um, Also, it's very expensive to get into, um, especially to play club, and it takes a lot of equipment. So I think those are a few of the barriers and some of the things that we're working on. So I know the team wants to start donating some of our old gear um, just to get people started. So it's not really one of those sports you try on a whim. It's like you're going to try it and you're going to at least stick to it for a little bit because of the investment. So I think that can be seen as a barrier. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask too what your advice would be to other girls, black girls who are starting this sport and like words of encouragement kind of going through the sport and really sometimes only being the only black person on a team. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it can be tough and I think it's just important to use your voice and be proud of yourself. It's okay to be different and it's honestly, it's great to be different and um, keep advocating for yourself and your community. Um, And obviously it's just as important to have white allies. So obviously make friends with people that, understand and are learning and are taking the time to learn more and to hear you out and to listen and those people will make your journey go so much smoother so put effort into um, positivity and obviously there will be negativity along the way and it's just something that you have to ignore um, and hope for the best um, hope for the best path possible but obviously there will be road bumps but stay positive and keep a good attitude, of course, and you can only really control yourself and the controllable. So focus on those instead. So another question I had too, I know, you know, all of us athletes are going through it right now, but you have to deal with it as a captain. How has the pandemic affected your team? Obviously your team is now competing for a national championship this spring instead of fall. 
Um, there's so many different things you guys are dealing with. What is it like? How do you keep people motivated? Um, how have things changed? Yeah, a lot has changed. And, you know, there are some things that aren't great about it. Like we can only see each other, but that can also, everything can be switched into a positive as well. So we've been trying to focus on that. Like just because we can only see each other doesn't mean that it's not fun. Like we still get to play field hockey and I know we're all really grateful for that. So we've just tried to focus on the positive sides of it. But having so many rules in place and having to stay in a bubble when you're in college at UNC is really difficult. But I think it just goes to show the sacrifice everyone's willing to make to compete. Um, And then, of course, this spring, since we're competing for a national championship, it's that much more that we would get to win. So um, I know we're all super competitive and motivated, and that gives us a little bit more encouragement to have to give up some of the things that we would usually be able to enjoy. But, you know, the rules that we're following are the ones that everyone should be following for COVID, and we're just being extra safe. So I think we're just grateful to be able to play field hockey and do it safely. And um, yeah, so everyone's had a pretty good attitude about it. Yeah. Was it like, have you had to change any rules along the way? Have there been road bumps? Um, I know our team constantly, you know, we're so big. It has been that much more of a challenge. Um, Every day presents a new challenge, especially we had to move out of pods Um, so we're all mixed together, all 40 of us, which is challenging. I don't know what it's like for you guys. How do you, how do you do it? How did you come up with your rules? Anything like that? Yeah. So in the fall, it was all starting. We came up with some initial rules and then we just realized they need to be more specific and thorough. And there's just so many things you're, you're always missing something about the rules. So we kind of just bottom line, respect the team and respect the bubble, um, be smart, be safe and make good decisions. And if the bubble is broken, obviously that person's going to have to quarantine because we don't want to put anyone at risk. But um, I think we came up with original rules and we're like, okay, this is going to work great. But there's always a way that um, something becomes a risk or a rule isn't clear enough, etc. So I think the best way to go about it is to just bottom line it with like respect and um, care for your teammates and just stay in the bubble. And it's only a short period of time and we're playing for something bigger than just us as individuals. So that constant reminder, I think, um, has helped us along the way, but we definitely had road bumps. Yeah. So another question I had for you too, you're obviously so accomplished on the field, but also off the field. You're making such a large impact on UNC in general. You're pursuing an MBA. Um, I just wanted to talk about some of your outside of field hockey goals and dreams and um, what you're studying and what you want to do. Um, and then your uh, journey. I know you wanted to share something as well. Yeah, so um, I'm getting my MBA right now in my first year. It's been tough, but I'm so glad that like playing field hockey has given me the opportunity to stay here longer and be productive in the academic side of things. Um, and then also I've started my own company called Beyond Our Game, and it's a two-tiered model. So we have a platform for student athletes of color to just tell their stories, um, and that's just to build community and People can unite through the storytelling and that vulnerability. But in addition to that, we also have um, a recruiting model where um, we have student athletes of color in a database looking for employment. And then we have companies that are looking to diversify their employment. So we're kind of the middleman and we connect the student athletes of color to employers. So 
for me, I've just, I want to use my MBA and I minored in entrepreneurship in undergrad. And so I've always wanted to start my own company and I want to make a really big change and impact on the world. And I think that this is one of the small ways, hopefully, that I can do it. So yeah, I thought it was such an awesome idea um, and really powerful, but I wanted to know how you came up with it and kind of the thought process behind it and when it all started. Yeah, so it started, honestly, this past summer with George Floyd. I was just so appalled at what was happening, and I think I've been blind to a lot of it. Um, It opened my eyes, and I spent so much time this past semester in overbreak educating myself and reading as much as I can, listening to podcasts, and just gathering as many resources as possible. But I wanted to make a bigger change. Um, My team... um, has had these uncomfortable conversations and for the most part most people have bought in but I wanted to make a greater impact a greater change on the entire UNC athletics community Um, I wanted to create a community for people of color Um, and then for allies too coaches also share their stories of why they wanted to um, be more actively anti-racist what inspired them Um, so obviously building community is a huge part of it and affecting the whole UNC athletics um, community is important to me, but also I think leaving UNC with a job is obviously the goal for everyone and um, impacting that in any way that I can and giving more opportunities to those that have typically been overlooked and underserved is um, a huge goal of mine. So the bigger the change I can make, um, I'll do anything to do that. So that's what kind of inspired it and that's what keeps me going honestly yeah so along those lines too obviously I think all teams are trying to have these conversations how did you lead these conversations about racial injustice I've seen photographs of your team some kneeling some not um but you guys all had the shirts um of unity and I'm not sure I don't remember what else is on your shirt but if you want to talk about that Yeah, so the shirts um, are, we actually saw the women's soccer team wearing them. We thought they were so awesome. So I talked to my coach and hopefully, I was like, hopefully we can get them too. And we could, there's um, a fist in the front and it has the names of many people of color who have died at the hands of police brutality. Um, And on the back of it, uh, it says Black Lives Matter. So everyone wore the shirt, which was awesome. Um, And it was so nice to have those photographs and have people come to the games and see that we were all united um, in that way. And then also um, we kneel for the unity statement and um, that initial conversation. Honestly, I was surprised at how it went. It didn't go how I wanted it to. I thought everyone would be super excited and in full support, but people have different beliefs and you have to respect that. So um, people who want to kneel, kneel, and people who don't, don't. And it's honestly more meaningful that way because everyone's doing what they believe in. And that's what's most important to me. So um, there has been a great like group of people who have been extremely supportive on the team. And those are the people that have like made my life a million times better. And I appreciate their support so much. But um, we've definitely like had uncomfortable conversations and some of them have been productive and some have not, but you have to move with the masses and people that are moving toward equality. I just believe are on the right side of history. And those are the people that I want by my side. So we're going to keep pushing forward and the team knows that we have work to do. And I think that's going to be a big focus for us this semester. So I'm looking forward to 
all of us um, continuing to work and do more and stay united on that front. Yeah. Have you faced any challenges or backlash along the way from teammates, friends, anybody? Um, yeah, definitely received some backlash, um, some surprises along the way of people that weren't supportive. But in the same way that I gave advice to little black girls that want to start playing field hockey, um, I have to follow my advice as well. So you put the negativity aside, you get as far away from it as you possibly can, and you focus on the change that you're trying to make. And if you think what you're doing is right, um, which I think that to stand up for what is right is patriotic. That makes you the best patriot to hold this country to the highest standard possible. And, um, you know, it says one nation indivisible, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. So I'm not going to stop my fight until that is true. Um, and that's that's what I've been focused on. But there have been some surprises and some people that, you know, um, haven't necessarily bought into the extent that I would have thought. But honestly, you have to just understand that maybe those people like don't get it. Maybe they haven't spent the time and done the work yet. But um, I haven't lost hope for anybody to um, to be fully bought into this issue. I think it's one of the most important things happening in our country right now. So the conversations just need to continue and I think one of the most effective ways of getting people to understand is just to be vulnerable, to tell your story. So I've tried to take um, that route in most cases and just explain how this has made me felt and I have the privilege of being mixed race. So just imagine, you know, and so um, making it personal has definitely been one of the best ways to get people to really understand. But there will always be, you know, people that don't necessarily understand. Yeah. Another thing, too, I know we've chatted about this before, but I think it's important to share and I'm sure there's athletes across the country who have similar experiences but what are some of the barriers or challenges you faced while being a black athlete at UNC um, or even just in the south in general um, especially coming from Pennsylvania I'm sure there was an adjustment um, so anything you'd like to share there yeah I mean obviously in the south it's a little bit different but to be completely honest at a school like UNC it's just so liberal and I haven't felt like I had to make too big of an adjustment I've heard some things that I hadn't heard before and I thought that I heard it all but it's it's nothing new and honestly I don't really have anything um, negative to say about the difference and adapting to UNC because I think in general everyone at UNC is like totally on board for equality and um, I appreciate that so much and that's part of why I wanted to go to a school like UNC and especially a part of the athlete community you get the big school feel um, from UNC and its liberal side and then you get the small school feel from being a part of the athlete community and so I've honestly received mostly support and I'm really grateful for that. What was it like to see the UNC athletic community unite and so many athletes attend this march um, that was organized by several girls who were actually on the podcast um, before, but what was that feeling like? Was it a sense of relief or unity or what was it for you? Yeah, that um, the black student athlete group especially has been one of my like favorite places to just like vent and relax and feel a sense of unity and everyone's on the exact same page 
and I learned so much. It's so nice to hear from other black student athletes, and I think it's something that has brought us together so much, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, the march was amazing. I was actually in quarantine um, because of contact tracing during the march, but I followed in my car. Aww. I was, like, super excited about it, and I wish I could have been a part of it, but um, I was near someone with COVID, so I just wanted to be extra safe, of course, but I was so glad to see so many people in support and people gave amazing speeches and had amazing posters. And I just love the activism because you can say, you know, um, I support you, but to show that you support someone, that's the difference between, you know, um, them genuinely feeling welcomed and understood. So it was an amazing experience. Yeah, I know, like for me, just being like, I'm so glad to be a part of a community that this is what we stand for. Um, and as a whole, as a majority, you know, this is how we feel and, you know, we want to make a change. So I, I think it was just, you know, such a great experience. And <laughs> the thing I learned from it was don't read the comments on Instagram. One of my teammates <laughs> texted me and she was like, yeah, so I made the mistake of reading the comments on the Instagram post that from Go Heels that all it said was Black Lives Matter. And she was like, I cried. <laughs> she was like, I cried for a while. But, you know, talking about athletes protesting kind of brings to mind like more um, protests that have gone on in sports. And, you know, there's been this, you know, athletes shouldn't be political. But like, you know, in my opinion, it's not really politics. What are your thoughts and feelings about all that's gone on with athletes sharing how they feel and making a change? I know we've seen, you know, the the, the NBA boycotted and were able to make direct changes and able to get voting centers open and do all these things. Um, I would just love to hear your thoughts about some of the stuff that's gone on the past nine months. Yeah. I think it's so powerful. If you look through history, the first person or the first group of people to do something, it's never really received a good reaction. But you just have to, if you believe in something and you want to take a stand for it, then no one should hold you back. I mean, look at Colin Kaepernick and the initial reactions to him kneeling for the anthem. And now that's known as one of the most peaceful ways to protest what's happening. So someone's got to be the first. Um and you have to just recognize that you're going to get backlash. Um, I know I posted an Instagram um, after Joe Biden won, and I was just like, it's a sense of relief, but we have so much more work to do. And I got some comments on it. Like, I know a guy commented, this is why I'm not sending my kid to UNC. And if you feel that way, that's fine. I mean, I don't know why you're taking the time to scroll through my Instagram about it. But um, there are always going to be people that disagree and you just have to accept that and you have to love what you're doing and believe that what you're doing is so good that you're willing to accept the hate for it. I, I know I kneeled for the anthem for every single game um, this semester and there were people that didn't appreciate it that saw it as disrespectful. But I know like in my heart that the reason that I'm doing that is because I want to create change. I'm kneeling for equality. I appreciate the people who have served in this country, but how else do you want me to protest? So um, there's always going to be, be people that disagree, but um, you can't let it get to you. Yeah, along those lines, um, the podcast, which won't be released today, but it's being filmed on Inauguration Day. So along those lines, I know I'm a 
ecstatic to see a woman finally in the highest office or the second highest office in um, our country. What is it like to really have representation for the first time in a high office? You know, Kamala Harris is a black woman. Um, that's a huge deal for our country. Obviously, it's symbolic and there's a lot of other work that needs to be done. But I think this is a big day for women. And I don't know if you have any thoughts to that as well. Yeah, it's a huge day for women. It's a huge day for America. And I think that we're back on the right path to change. Um, honestly, some people can say what happened in 2020 was horrible. It was the worst year ever. And there was so much hate and the country was so divided. But I think we finally dug up the problems that we needed to talk about. I think it might be one of the best years to go down in history because honestly, like so much was exposed. So many conversations were had and people finally got to answer their questions. People finally got to use their voices and you can see it as a negative, but I see it as such a positive thing. I think it was long overdue, but it's just such an amazing day to see a black woman in the White House. Um, like I said, for field hockey, representation is important. Little black girls watching me play field hockey might inspire them to want to do the same one day. Me seeing Kamala Harris in office means so much to me. And, you know, like throughout my life, I had seen predominantly white people and white men um, in positions of power. And it's just so inspiring to see a black woman and I've said since I was little that I'd love to run for president, and I still feel the same way to this day. Um, and it's just so inspiring to see that that's something that is attainable. Um, it's Today's been a great day, and I'm so excited for change. And um, yeah, Kamala Harris has made history, but just like you said, we still have so much work to do. But I'm just glad that the people that are now in office know that as well. Yeah, and I think you were really right about kind of turning it into a positive, and I think that's a really great way to spin it. Um, there's no denying anymore. There's no denying there's racism in this country. There's no denying all of these things. They were in some ways kind of pushed under the rug, and now they're out in the open. So now that they're out in the open, maybe there's a chance that our country can finally make a change with systematic racism and do things to take a step in the right direction. And I think you're right today is that first step. Um, hopefully there's a lot more to come. Um, but I know there's a sense of relief for a lot of people in the United States right now. Um, so it's a very great yeah. day. Um, yeah. <laughs> but before we kind of close out, I just wanted to give you the floor to ha like say whatever you want or talk more about yourself, your experience or anything else before we close out. I'm so grateful to have been able to talk about this stuff. Um, I know that this is something that weighed on me this past year, honestly, my entire life. Um, I'm mixed race, so I have had the privilege of being able to fit into both communities. Um, and so for me, it's especially been hard because I want to make sure that the black community understands like I am black and I will always advocate for black lives. Um, I have black family and um, the black community has been so influential in my life. And again, I'm also white and I can understand the privilege that comes with that. Um, and I'm grateful that I have a platform that I can use my voice to advocate. Um, so I guess just recognizing your privilege in any sense, um, whether that be um, just being male, being heterosexual, 
um, being white, it doesn't matter, recognize your privilege and use that to advocate for change um, for those that don't necessarily have a voice that they can use in as big of a way. So um, I think if you're not using your platform for change, um, you're not really using it in the right way. So it's just been so important to me and I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to talk about all of these things. Um, and finally, these conversations have become normal, like open communication and productive. And I think I've been waiting my whole life for race to be talked about so openly like this. It's definitely something that's weighed on me. So um, thank you for having a platform and a place for that to be um, welcomed and appreciated and supported. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on to the podcast. Um, and as well as sharing your experience with other UNC athletes, um, I've seen you or I've heard you um, on multiple calls talking about your experience. And I can genuinely say it's made a change and just having these open, honest conversations, I think is really helpful. So thank you to you and all the other student athletes at Carolina that have shared their experiences. But um, now we're, I guess, gonna close it out. But thank you so much, Courtney, for sharing today. And thank you everyone for tuning into this episode of Benched. This has been your host, Jules Makia, with our wonderful guest, Courtney Williamson. Want to share your story? Whether you prefer to share on a podcast, in a video, on a panel, or in a written blog, we cannot wait to hear from you. Just go to uncutchapelhill.com, that is uncutchapelhill.com, click get involved, and then share your story. Amplifying your voice has never been so easy.